to be a church that uh, is church for our neighbors. And, uh, you know, that may mean Ryan across the street. It may mean your own geographical neighbors at your house, whether to the east or west or north or south. Uh, it may even mean the person sitting in the cubicle next to you. In the country that we live in, our neighbors have the real possibility of being somebody from a different country, a different culture that speaks a different language. So we have to wrestle with how do we be church for them? Now, we didn't know it, but back in 2012, First Church started this process of being church for our neighbors who are from another country and speak a different language. It was in July of 2012, right before a service started, that a couple of uh, Russian-speaking, luckily one of them spoke English, a gentleman approached me and said, can we talk? And uh, we had a, a Russian man named Vasily who was doing our custodial, and I didn't know if it had something to do with that or not. Um, but I ended up sitting down with them, and, and they said, we've seen your facility, uh, we like your facility, and we're wondering if we can rent from you. This was the pastor of a Slavic uh, Seventh-day Adventist church, a Russian-speaking church, and it was a wonderful conversation. Um, we brought the idea to our board, and they wrestled through it and realized that on Fridays and Saturdays, our building sits empty. So why not use it for the glory of God, for God's kingdom and for his purposes? So beginning in September of 2012, we have been renting to our neighbors, our neighbors who happen to speak Russian, and uh, they are a beautiful community. I've got to worship with them a few times. I actually got to, to share in their church earlier this year. And uh, I, I love it when that happens because I don't understand a word of what's going on. But it's worship. It's worship. This morning we get to have the honor and privilege of having one of our neighbors, the pastor at that church, uh, bring God's message to us. So, Pastor Gregory, it is wonderful to have you here. Uh, I invite you to come and bring the, the message the Lord has put on your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor James, for inviting me. I thank you for allowing him to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great privilege to be here. I, I bet you don't have, uh, I mean, not very often you probably listen to a preacher with, with a strong accent. <laughs> Today you have this luxury. <laughs> when I, I took uh, one of churches in Virginia, Fredericksburg, Virginia, and that's a, a southern state, beginning of, of the south. So uh, after I preached my first sermon, a, la a lady came to me, an elderly lady, and she said, I didn't get all what she <laughs> said because of her strong accent, but I, I got the idea. I, 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 I got the idea, she learned nothing from my sermon. That was the idea, <laughs> because of my accent. So I hugged her, and I said, sister, looks like we both have the, an, issue, an accent issue. <laughs> Why don't we work together hard for a couple of months and see what happens? Uh, less than in, in, in three months, probably, she came. Uh, approached me with a very happy face this time. She said, Pastor, I got everything what you said. And I, I said, and I told her the same thing. I said, and I understand you completely. Well, I don't think that our accents uh, had improved. I think we just got used to each other. That's all. You don't, you don't have this luxury. You, you don't have a three-month time period to, 
learn, I mean, get used to my accent, but I hope that uh, things changed since then, since I was in Virginia, so I can speak more clearly. And, uh, <clears throat> well, uh, what Pastor James said about the situation in the world and in this country, I think this is the time when we should pray harder, harder and stronger for, for the world in general and especially for this country. I'm so thankful to the Lord again and again, actually, for bringing us to this country where we can worship him freely without any fear. Uh, in one of cities before we moved to Moscow, that was our last city, city in Russia. Uh, I, we're not Russians, I'm Armenian personally. Uh, before that we lived in Armenia, but then we had called to move to Russia. So in one of those cities, our neighbors called us American spies because our headquarters are here in, in, in America. And they, uh, not only that, and we, several times they threw big rocks into our windows and imagine at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock, uh, children and us, uh, you know, wake up uh, horrified and, and seeing these broken windows, I mean rocks, and a couple of times there was an attempt to burn our house, but the merciful God uh, protected us, so it didn't happen. So what I'm saying he, here, praise the Lord, <laughs> nothing of a kind, and we are free, we are happy. However, we realize that what is today, I mean, uh, what we have today, tomorrow it can change, right? That's why we should keep uh, these countries uh, and, and the whole world in our prayers. That's what the Bible says, pray. Yeah, and of course, uh, big thanks to our praise team. I think you got the uh, essence of, of Psalm 51 because <laughs> you sang a song. <laughs> and and uh, uh, I I'm, I'm very, was very pleased that somebody wrote a song on, that, on the words of that, uh, the, the most probably essential part of that psalm. Cleanse my heart and, and uh, purify my heart. That's the idea. That's uh, amazing, amazing. When I took that very church in Fredericksburg, at the very first board meetings, I shared this with Pastor James, several um, members of that board said, Pastor, I think we should sing only uh, uh, songs from hymn only. Nothing contemporary. We should keep our old traditions. Uh, for me, if, as a musician, it was not an easy thing, you know, to hear something like that. So I told him, I said, I, I was not aware that, that the, the Lord stopped giving musical gift to his people since 18th century. <laughs> so, <laughs> but thank you for opening my eyes. I, said, I will consider that, however, however, I think we should do both. We should not forget our old hymn, hymns, I mean songs, beautiful songs written by very spiritual, godly people. And always, there is always, I, I heard many new arrangements of those old songs. And they sound just wonderful. So, and we should keep also, embrace any new song, contemporary song, beautiful song, why not? That brings glory to God's name. So we should do both. That was my suggestion, and I, I can see that you do both. I heard a couple of <laughs> songs from hymno, and I have contemporary songs. Praise the Lord for that. <clears throat> well, um, in a special way, I want to thank this church 
for being so, I mean you, FFM church family, <laughs> right? For being so gracious and so kind and so generous. We realize, we totally understand that the price we are paying for this rental is just symbolic because it's a great sacrifice on your part. We realize that. And we are trying to change that uh, recently. On, uh, uh, just recently, we decided to raise a little bit more, kind of give a little bit more to this church. And it, it will happen soon. So, but we are very, very thankful to you. You can't imagine what a blessing you are for our little congregation. There were 40 when I came. Now we have 59. Praise the Lord. It's growing. And it brings... Uh, changes into people's life, lives. I want you to know that, that what you do, it's not a waste. That's what I'm trying to, to say. It's not a waste. Don't be sorry for, and, 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 and I'm, of course, of course, I understand. I understand the time might come when you will have very big, big hardship and you will uh, probably expect some changes and we will try. We're trying hard as much as we can but we are very thankful to you, to your family, to your pastor, for being so gracious to us. I know we've been sometimes, you know, on the messy, uh, broke things or took things that sh shouldn't have, things like that. And you are so, so tolerant and so patient with, with us. And, and, and we, it, we, you are just admirable. <laughs> God bless you for that. And... Uh, Praise the Lord. I was asked by Pastor James to prepare a discussion on Psalm 51, which is also called Prayer of Repentance. I call it a poem of a great sin and great forgiveness. I call it a poem of a great fall and great restoration. If you, if you are looking for a gospel in the Old Testament, and there are many passages that can, can be called gospel, right? Starting from Genesis 3.15, in Isaiah 53, for example, the entire book of Psalms is a gospel. <laughs> but if you want to find a gospel in action, you should read Psalm 51. This is a, the, the gospel, not a gospel. This is the gospel in action. By the way, I forgot to tell you. I have one strange uh, allergy. I'm very allergic to, to th uh, when, when people sleep in the church. <laughs> During my sermon, I just can't stand. And I do everything to change that and wake those folks up. Just for you to know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you are doing it. I just started, you know. Just started. I want you to know that. And my church knows that. And they try hard not, you know, not to sleep. Stay awake. After all, we, we come here to listen to the word of God. We don't come here to sleep. We, sleep. we should sleep at our home. Right? Or in our car, at least. Not while driving. Not while driving, please. Only on parking lot. <laughs> This is a poem of a great hope and assurance because it gives hope to all sinners that their sins can be forgiven 
cleansed, that they can be restored again. That's the message of this psalm. So, let's begin, but with prayer first. Father, we want to thank you this morning for the privilege of being in your house, learning at your feet, worshiping you freely without any fear or worries. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your mercy. For your undescribable love which is beyond our comprehension. We thank you, Father, for being there for us at a time of troubles, difficulties, for being with us when we're happy, for not saking us no matter what. And we thank you for this, the story of Psalm 51 that teaches us so many crucial lessons. And help us, Father, to consider them once again. We ask for your presence here, holy presence, for your guidance, for your blessing upon our hearts and minds. And in a special way, Father, I thank you for this church, their kindness and generosity. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. All right. Uh, oh. Here we have it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Everybody can see is it not too small? Well, you are used to it. I, I know. <laughs> we, have little, we have a bigger screen here. We usually put here and take it away. I'm used to this building, so I'm very comfortable. Not used to you, though, but <laughs> it's up to you now to make me comfortable. <laughs> So why don't we start with first two uh, verses. Next uh, slide, please. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Pay attention to every single word, please. Blot, blot out my transgressions. In the Hebrew original, it says, it doesn't say take them away. Make them disappear. Make them smooth, meaning. So just go away. So I will not see them. That's the idea. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. What's going on here? <laughs> One of greatest men of the Bible one of heroes of faith, <laughs> so-called sweet singer of Israel, friend of God, <laughs> close friend of God, not just a friend. We have many friends, right? But not always very close friend. He was close, if not closest friend at that time to God. Now he is begging for mercy. That's very strange friendship. Very sad situation. Can you imagine two friends 
being happy together, sharing everything. And suddenly one day one comes and says, please forgive me. Have a mercy upon me. Can you imagine that? That means something terrible happened between them, right? What happened with David, I'm, we're not going to consider. Is there anybody who doesn't know what David did, had done? Okay, so it looks like everybody knows. There is no need to repeat. It's not <clears throat> good story anyway. <laughs> so, now he's begging for mercy. How this could possibly happen? I mean, man of God, strong faith. Author, the, one of the authors. Because he had written psalms already prior to this terrible thing that he did. He had written psalms that already part of this Bible of God's word. And, and suddenly he fell. That law. I mean, how this could possibly happen? Do you think, what is the level? This raises a question. What is the level of, of spirituality when we can say, I am safe? Nothing can happen to me. Now, I am safe. What is that? What is the level? What kind of level that could be? Well, let me tell you, there is none. There is none. Wasn't heaven the safest place before Lucifer sinned? Can we go higher than that? No. <laughs> safest, holy, pure. There was no external or internal reasons for him to sin. Nonetheless, he chose because of freedom of choice, a choice given by the creator. He sinned. How sinned we know that. Right? Or Garden of Eden, very safe place. Nonetheless, Adam and Eve decided to try. And they did. I wish they never did. Now, in this fallen world, there is no safe place or safe state. The only safe, the only way to be safe is be alert, be careful, and hold. Lord's hand. That's the only, only way to be safe. There is no other way. When we stop that, doing that, we're in trouble. <laughs> the Bible says, be alert. I cannot stand. Sorry if you heard sermons like that here. I cannot stand when people say, we don't have to worry. Everything is done on the cross. Don't worry. Period. Finished. We don't have to worry. There is nothing for us to do here. Wrong, wrong, wrong. That's part. And there is our part. I know now you are getting nervous. <laughs> what is our part? Can we do anything to save ourselves? Of course not. Can we cleanse ourselves? Of course not. Can any human effort change us? Of course not. What is our part then? Very simple. I already mentioned it. Be alert, be careful, and hold the Lord's hand. That's our part. You heard the expression cheap gospel. You heard that, right? I hope you're not following that. 
I heard many times, young preacher, I don't want to mention his name, saying that, don't worry. You sinned, don't worry at all. Try to avoid any guilt feeling. Don't worry absolutely because God is love. He accepts you the way you are. Wow, what a mixture of lie and truth. Terrible mixture. Don't worry. Does he look like a person who doesn't worry? David? He is begging, have a mercy. Have a mercy. He cannot find rest. He lost his joy. Can't he not to worry? I mean, can he do that? Can we say, oh, David, no problem. Just don't worry. The Lord accepts you the way you are. This is true and not true. Yes, the Lord accepts us the way we are. He accepts us the way we are. But that doesn't mean that he is happy with this situation I am in. Doesn't mean that he does not expect any changes. You see what I mean? Do you think that he didn't love Lucifer? Oh, you, I don't know whether you agree or not, but I am convinced that he still loves him. After all he has done. Knowing that he will never be restored. He refused. He lost his last chance. Nevertheless, I believe that the Lord still loves him. And, and uh, mourns about him. Do you think that he didn't love Judas? What do you think? Did Jesus love Judas or not? Or he hated him because he knew what he was going to do. What do you think? He loved Judas? Don't be afraid. Say yes or no. <laughs> he loved Judas all the way. Friend, why you came, right? Even at the last, very last moment, he still tried to save Judas. <laughs> Knowing that it's not going to happen. The prophecies predicted it was not going to happen. But he still loved, loved him. He loves everybody. Doesn't the Bible say, for God so loved what? Part of the world? Or certain group of people? Or FFM? Church family only? Or SDA only? Or Baptist only? Or Catholic only? What it says? For, for he loved the whole world. The whole world. All the sinners. All the, right, the whole world. For so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he loved first. Before their repentance. Before their consideration. So how many, what is the percentage of converted people in the world? I mean of all times. Always smallest, right? Always small. But still he loved the world. The fallen world. Because these are all his children. Lost children. Some of them are found. Praise the Lord. Praise God that we are among those that we are found, or at least we think that way. I hope we are. 
So, there is no safe state. Today we are safe, tomorrow we can be unsafe. Depends on if we're not alert. Oh, let me share with you a story about one of my friends. His name is Alan. He's now gone. He does not li- no longer lives in Spokane. He's a fisherman, and he had a boat, and it was my dream. Still is, by the way, to do some boat fishing. I never done in my life. I did some fishing from the shore, but not from a, a boat. So he promised me. I asked him. He said, "Gregory, don't worry." We will go. The summer passed. Heard nothing from him. September came. I was still hoping. Then September passed. I said, that's it. It's done. Finished. Not this year. Then how surprised I was when in December he said, Gregory, it's time now. I said, what? (laughs) In December, and I cannot swim, by the way. (laughs) In December, I said, fishing? He said, That's when I do my trout fishing, he said. In December? He said, yes. And he mentioned the lake I forgot. There are so many in this area. I forgot the name of that lake. Well, December, it was not (laughs) a very attractive idea, even though I dreamed all my life to, you know. (laughs) And I I asked him, uh, next question was a a silly question, rather, I would say. I said, do you have a life jacket? He said, of course, that's a requirement. The law requires him. Of course, I do have a life jacket. Then I asked him the next question, the most important. I said, Alan, but I did it very carefully. If something happens to your boat, will we make to the shore and safely? <laughs> he said, no, because the water is very cold. <laughs> We're going to freeze. We're not going to make it, but, he said, but, don't worry. My boat is very safe. You will never guess what I answered to that. Never guess. I told him, I said, Titanic was safer than yours. <laughs> he said, you left me no arguments. I don't know what to say to that. He said, you are right. Titanic was safer than mine. So the point that I'm making here, it's really what we have today. We don't know what can happen tomorrow. There is no... Real, I mean, so-called safe heaven here, heaven on the earth. Unless, as I said, we are alert. As Paul says, if we keep all the way to the end our hope, if we keep, if we hold the hand of the Lord, that is our part. That's nothing else we can do. We cannot change ourselves. We cannot cleanse ourselves. No way, of course. We understand that. It's all Lord. But the gospel has two parts. God's part and our part. Why? That's how it works in any relationship. It's covenant. If it's covenant, then at least there must be two parties, right? And both parties take certain responsibilities. Both, not just one. When Trump uh, talked to Putin in, in Germany recently at the summit... They, they came to some certain agreements. They made the certain deals there. Can you imagine if Trump said, you know what, Vladimir, that's Putin's name, you do your part, but don't worry about mine. I'm not going to do mine. Just do your part. Make sure you do your part. 
would uh, Vladimir say, okay, Donald, <laughs> we have a deal, or vice versa. Or Vladimir said, you know, Donald, don't worry about my part. I will do whatever I want. I will keep that Crimea, whatever. I will do whatever I want. That's none of your business. Make sure you do your part. Will that work? Would there be any treaty? Uh, of course not. Of course not. Or, 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 or in spousal relationship, husband and wife. If a husband says, honey, make sure you do your part. Don't worry about mine. Be faithful and don't worry about my being faithful, right? Or do whatever. Love me. Don't worry about my love. <laughs> it's not going to work, obviously, and vice versa. This has both sides take certain responsibilities. God promises salvation, protection, and all he wants from us, just letting him to do that. And it's up to us. He cannot force us. If he did, he would have forced all the world long time ago. And that's it. And the problem would have, would, would, would have, sold, would have been solved, solved forever. But he, but he doesn't force. It's our part. So let's not forget. And this psalm, it just helps us to see those two parts. But don't worry, we're going to finish. How much time we have left, James? 15 minutes. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> that doesn't mean that I am happy. But <laughs> but then let's change, guys. Let's, let's change now. Time is <laughs> short. <laughs> What's the condition of being forgiven? There is a condition. And uh, David obviously met. There is a requirement. And David met that requirement. It's expressed right here. For I acknowledge my transgression. I understand what I did. You wouldn't be very happy with a child who did something wrong and insists and says, I didn't make any mistake and I will do it again. Would you be happy as a parent? Would you say, okay, honey, here's another portion of candy or brownies because you're such a wonderful child. <laughs> Not going to work. No. Why we think that God is different? We are according to his Created according to his image. He said, for I, I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is always before me. Always before me. Against you. You only have I sinned. And done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak. And blameless when you judge. Why he says you only. Didn't he sin against uh, Uriah and relatives. By, by the way, Akitophel who fought against him was the uncle of Uriah. That was the reason why he joined Absalom, because he was the uncle of the killed guy. So he hurt many people. Well, why is he saying you only? Well, this is talk of a friend. <laughs> when you have close relationship, you emphasize that how could I, have, could I have done this to you, to you? I shouldn't have done this to you. Okay, that, that's the point. Let's go to the next. By the way, what you read before that, it was our part. <laughs> our part. Acknowledge our sin. 
Say, I am sorry. That is our part. The Lord is not going to do it for us. So the cheap gospel does not leave room for repentance. He said, once you accept it, don't worry. Whatever you do, whatever happens to you, you are saved forever. No, 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 no. No. As long as, as long as you are alert and you hold the Lord's hand, you will be saved. And then here he describes the general situation of the world. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. A little complicated language here, but the point here is that the world is messed up and corrupted and contaminated, and we are part of that world. We are children of that world, right? Therefore, we are corrupted, we are contaminated. And it's only God can change that as creator. And that's what uh, David is trying to describe here. But the next two are very crucial. I want to see the next uh, seven and eight. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Back then, they didn't use uh, such terminology like Satan did this to me, demons did this to me, because even now in Judaism, demons are called shadim, like shadows, hence come English word shadow from Hebrew, shadim, which is shadow. They are not significant. All, the, all comes from the Lord. I mean, if he does not allow, it will never happen. That's why you don't see much of saying, it says, you broke my bone. <laughs> Come on, David. It was not the Lord. It's your sin. It's your fault. But that's the way that they, they, they talked. They spoke. That's why we shouldn't be surprised here. Yeah, and he says, make me hear joy and gladness. Why? Because he lost. That joy he lost. Brothers and sisters, sin takes away the joy of salvation. I don't think that this is something new for you, and I don't think that I should even explain this to you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, if not all of you, at least most of you, have experienced that. I have. I have. There was time when I lost my joy. Why? Because I sinned, knowing the truth. I'm not talking about the time of ignorance. No, no, no. I'm talking about time of awareness when we already knew the truth, accepted the truth, believed years maybe, if not decades, and we sinned. And that takes away your joy. That takes away your sleep. Right? Have you ever had those sleepless nights? Oh, I had. When you just can't find rest until the solution comes. You want to talk to the Lord. You want to fix it. And better do it. Some people hesitate to do that. Better hurry up to do that. Because time will come. Something terrible will happen. And that I call indifference. When we don't take care of the matters in time, then what comes called apathy and indifference. That's very bad, God forbid. 
when we don't care whether we pray or not. We don't care whether we go to church or not. Not anymore. We don't care whether we, we don't care about our spirituality. That's very bad. God forbid. So let us take care of things in time. If something like this happens, let's just go to the Lord. That's the only way. That's the only place. And beg, do what David did. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, 7 and 8. We also called this part justification by faith. <laughs> this is justification. I cannot clean myself from the past. It's already done deal. You cannot change history. So the only way is cleansing by hyssop. You know what hyssop alludes to, right? Hyssop is mentioned in the Bible in relation to uh, 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 procedure of cleansing from leprosy. And sin very often is compared to leprosy. So the way, the way priests cleansed a person from leprosy, they would take a bunch of hyssop, put in a, a bird's blood, and sprinkle it. And the leprosy would go away. So this is alluding to that place, but in a deeper sense. What is this alluding to? Little test for you as Christians. What is this alluding to? Which blood? Whose blood? Blood of Jesus, exactly. That's why I'm calling this gospel. <laughs> blood of Jesus can cleanse us only from all our sins. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. This is justification by faith. We will come to the second part, of course. And we have a few more minutes, right? Yeah. You, you just watch, Pastor James. You, you just watch. And, and if you, by a chance, if you, by a chance, if my accent is too strong, stop me right there and ask me to repeat and, and say it more clearly. Okay, now we need to go to the next tenant, tenant, tenant. 10 to 12. I skip 9. Why? Because 9 is repetition of the second part of verse 1. So we skip 9. Okay? Psalm 51, 10 through 12. This is the second part of the gospel. Again, without which <laughs> the gospel is incomplete. Cheap gospel or proponents of cheap gospel don't preach this part. The Lord accepted you the way you are. Don't worry. I heard the same young man saying that. Try to avoid any guilt feeling. Just like that. He said. You should not carry any guilt feeling in you. You sinned. That's fine. God is loving God. Forget it. Don't worry about it. Let me tell you what is wrong with that concept. A guilt feeling is the only thing that leads us to repentance. Did you get that? Guilt feeling is the only thing in the world that can lead us into repentance. Without repentance, no forgiveness. Without guilt feeling, no repentance. How can I repent if I don't feel guilty? 
Come on, tell me that. How can I repent? How can I say, brother, I'm so sorry I hurt you if I don't feel bad about it? Let's say I say something bad to you, sister. God forbid. But I did. I hurt your feelings. And I come to you and say, sister, forgive me. I don't feel that I'm guilty. I don't feel that I did anything wrong. But still, but I can see your face. Unhappy face. Therefore, forgive me. Some people do that. But when I feel, when I understand that I made, I mean, sinned against you, then I will come humbly, maybe with tears in my eyes, and say, genuinely, please forgive me. Without guilt feeling, we cannot repent. And I'm glad, and he, in Hebrew, repent, shuv, which stands for repent, I think you mentioned that Pastor James in our church means not just being sorry for what you did, but for complete turn, like 180 degree turn. It stands also for turning around. Repent, repentance in Hebrew shuv also means turning around. <laughs> so it's not just being sorry for what you did, but also change. So this is what happening here. This is second part, which we call theologians, a very fancy word, sanctification. There is justification by faith, and there is sanctification by faith. Still, it's part of the Lord, not our we cannot sanctify us. It's uh, Grace has two phases. Grace of the Lord, let's remember this. The grace of the Lord has two phases. Phase number one, forgiveness of all that we did in the past. Cleansing by the blood of Jesus. The second part is of the same grace is sanctification. <laughs> Changing our hearts. Making us new people. Otherwise, we will do the same boo-boo again. We will repeat that again. If, if our nature is not changed, we will do it again. Some people say, he gives us his righteousness. That's right. That's right. But again, he doesn't force us. He doesn't say, hey, Gregory, take your suit away. Let me take your suit away. And here he is. Whether you like or not. No, no, no. He wants me to understand that my... Garments are not clean, and I need a new garment, garment of righteousness. He wants me to understand that and ask for it, and that's what David is doing. Create in me a clean heart, and that's what you sang today. And you got it, praise the Lord. You are not proponents of, of, of cheap grace. Don't worry, don't have guilt feeling. You got it. David knew that now he needs to change because he's messed up. He got corrupted. He, see, he sees that he is very weak. He is not the same guy. Just yesterday, my wife told me something that made me to think. She said that uh, the guy who married, who she married to 38 years ago, meaning me, was different. It's not the same guy now. I said, what do you mean? He said, the guy I knew back then prayed longer, read more the word, the Bible, meditated more, was more spiritual, never judged anybody. And now you open your mouth and judge right and left, and she's right. So that made me to think. She said, 
I am afraid that your spirituality is not going up but going down. And I was re revealing, I mean, I was, for me, shocking news because in my mind I was thinking that I'm going up. Upward, not downward. But you know what? My wife is a such person that if you want to know the truth, you should go to her. If you want to know her opinion, I mean, let me, let me bring you an example. Just, that was in Virginia. During one of services, that was break time. Break after we had, we have Bible study before the sermon. Unlike yours, right? So she came, Pastor, where's your wife? Pastor, where's her name was Tommy. I said, what happened? I, I need her, I need her. I said, oh, well, somewhere here, look for her. She's somewhere there. You should know where is your wife. I said, yeah, I know she's here in the building, but you know. And, and she, I said, maybe I can help. No, you can't. I said, who knows? No, you can't. I need somebody who will tell me the truth. I said, have I ever lied to you? She said, no, you don't know what I'm talking about. You cannot help me. So finally, she found my wife, and then she was happy afterwards. And I asked my wife, I said, what was, what's going on here? What was, well, she said she bought a new jacket, and she was going to say something on the platform, and she was wondering whether the jacket fits her, I mean, nice or not. <laughs> and what did you tell her? I said, it's very ugly. And she said, thank you so much. And that's what I wanted to hear. Because everybody around says, oh, it's wonderful. It's nice. And not everybody means that, you know. People are polite. And that's a that's good thing. It's not good to be rude. But my wife is just like that. Straightforward. She says what she thinks. At first, it is very comfortable. That's why I was afraid to marry her. <laughs> but later on, you start loving that person. Because you know that she doesn't play around. She knows that she will always tell the truth straight in your face. And that's what I've been dealing with. So, 38 years, and she's not here today, you know. <laughs> so, so I, I praise God for folks like, like her who can tell the truth straight, straight in your face. So, restore my joy. The joy, restore, bring that back because he lost it. But the sanctification, these processes, sometimes it takes, I mean, it's process of entire life. The first one can be done in one minute, in one second. You kneel, if you really have this guilt feeling, and you beg for God's mercy, and you get your forgiveness in, in the name of Jesus, and he forgives you, and that's it, done. Your all past sins are forgiven and you are clean. That's easy part. But the second one, sanctification, it might take the, your entire life to change on a daily basis. But, but when I look backward, well, not in terms of my <laughs> general spirituality, as my wife said, but there are things, and I mentioned to her, by the way, there are things that I used to do, I don't do it anymore. Yeah, I, was, uh, I had bad temper before, now I don't. I am more patient, and I mentioned these, all these things to her. And she said, okay, well, <laughs> glad to hear that. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so we, we change. We change. Right? We, 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 we got rid of many things. Praise the Lord for that. So what I'm saying, this part might take time. I don't think that there will be a point or in our life or time when we can say, aha, I reached already. Great Apostle Paul didn't dare to say that. Remember what he said? I am not saying that I reached, but I'm trying. We, we will never have that feeling that, aha, uh-huh, that's it. Now I am like Jesus. Where is that uh, fiery chariot should come for me? I'm ready, right? It's, it's, that, that will never come. But praise the Lord. The change will take place on a daily basis as long as, as I said, we understand, we acknowledge our weaknesses. We hold the Lord's hands. I repeat that again. It will come. It will come. Okay, we have a few more verses. Uh, the 14 and 15, just real quickly. That's, I think I didn't get exactly what here David means. And even in Hebrew, I, I can read Hebrew. That's my major. I did PhD in Hebrew. So, but still, I think what's happening here, David is trying to avoid severe punishment from the Lord. Like extra bloodshed and stuff like that. That was my... Uh, my uh, Understanding. So, but still, it happened. He got severe punishment. You know why? Read Second Samuel chapter twelve. Not now. When you come home, it says there. It says there. But because you let my enemies, literally, to laugh, meaning he brought shame to God's reputation in the eyes of many nations, not just his people. And that's why the Lord had to show his attitude toward sin like David's. That's the only reason. If it was done secretly, nobody in the world knew. I doubt that David would have gone through what he went through. Losing four sons. And that was terrible punishment. But because he brought shame to God's name. And he brought disaster to, to the nation. That's why in the end we will see he will also pray for Jerusalem because he messed up I mean because of his sin everything got messed up in his country and in Jerusalem so let's go to and it says by the way when what will happen after restoration oh Lord open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise that what happens here when you are restored when you are revived you will naturally have desire to witness. You will witness. You will do your missionary work. Pastors are trying hard to push. Go and tell people. Go and tell people. We're pushing hard. You see? <laughs> That's wrong. But when we're truly revived, nothing can close our mouth. Nothing can stop us because we will have natural desire to go and share. Tell, tell people what the Lord had done has done to us. That that's will happen naturally. And that's what we should long for. That's what we should ask for. And that's what David says. Because he stopped witnessing. When he sinned, he stopped witnessing. He had no face to talk about God. And I'm, I'm pretty sure during that period, during that time, he didn't write any songs, any praises to God. And probably this 51 was the first after he was restored. <laughs> he wrote this. And of course, we believe also 32, Psalm 32. 
also. They go together, 51 and 32. So, when we are restored, we will definitely, definitely <laughs> praise his name. And we go to the next, 16, 17. Some people think that they can bribe the Lord. Do good things, for example. Send some money to Africa or some charities here locally. And the Lord will be pleased with that and he will forgive my sins. No, 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 no. Very wrong. When we are sinners, <laughs> nothing can please him. Sacrifices will irritate him, by the way. That's why he is saying, I don't want your sacrifices. We read that in Isaiah 58. And here David says, you don't want sacrifice. I would give it. He is a rich guy. He is the king. I would bring millions of uh, sheep and all kinds of things just to, to get your mercy, right? But you don't want sacrifice. That's not going to help. I'm so glad in this country you don't have to bribe. Police officer stops you, pulls you over. In Russia, what well, used to be, I don't know now, I, I've been, I left 22 years ago. You better prepare your cash. Officer comes. By the way, here you cannot get out of the car, right? I did not know that I got in trouble very first year when I came here. He stopped me and I got out and walking. He said, sit in the car, sit in the car. And I'm still walking toward him, trying to explain to him that, you know. And I see he's trying to get his gun. I step back, okay, all right. I sat in my car. Then later on I was told that here in America you should stay in your car and don't move. Keep your hands on the wheel. So uh, in Russia you get out. He will not come. Walk, bother himself and come to your car. You have to get out, walk all the way to him and better have something in your hand. Otherwise you will be in trouble. So praise the Lord. Nothing here. And some people think that they can bribe the Lord. Oh, if I give more ties, more money, well, that's a good thing. You do that. <laughs> because God's work needs money. I, I'm not saying don't do that. But don't do it for, with the purpose of, of pleasing God or, or kind of trying to, you know, well, if I do this, he, maybe he will forgive me. No, 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 no. God forbid. The only way to be forgiven is the blood of Jesus. Jesus merit. That's all. His mercy. Free. It's free gift. Here I agree with all the preachers. It's free gift. So, but what he says here, sacrifices of God. What kind of sacrifice he's looking for? Broken heart. What, they, what that is, broken heart? Acknowledgement. That's what we've been talking. Acknowledgement. Of my sins, of my transgressions, weakness, wickedness, whatever you want. That's what he wants. That's what he's looking for. Realization. We do something. We hurt somebody. We steal something. Or we are just we ignore something. Or we ignore the word, ignore the, the house of the Lord. Whatever. We don't take care of the house of the Lord. He's looking for broken heart, broken spirit. He will accept that. He will respect that. And he will heal. He will heal. <laughs> and the last one. Thank you guys. Sir. You were so good. I really appreciate your help. Works better than remote. You know. Sometimes the remote gets stuck. And you push and push. 
and goes backward instead of forward. <laughs> but here, no problem. <laughs> All goes smooth. <laughs> now, David begs for his city because his city suffered. Brothers and sisters, what's the lesson here for us when we sin? I wish we were the only ones who suffer. When I sin, I bring evil to all around me, to my children, to my neighbors. Sin is unfortunately so contagious. It's like a, like a cancer or, or even worse than that. I was in Houston, Texas recently, and in every corner I read, Zika, Zika, Zika virus. That made me, of course, to look for those mosquitoes. And so fortunately, I found none there, but still was unpleasant. There are, there are viruses, there are uh, stuff like it spreads, and sin is just like that. And you cannot hide it. Your children will see, your spouse will see, your friends will see, and it will bring shame to the name of your Lord whose name you are carrying. That's the problem. That's biggest, big problem. We're presenting God in a wrong light. And that's big sin. So it says, <laughs> you shall be pleased with this. So it says, do good in your good pleasure to Zion because I messed up. Restore the Zion, which is same as Jerusalem. Restore it. Fix it. I cannot fix it. I ruined it. We can do that, you know what? When we sin and we ruin the situation in the house and we bring lots of evil to our families and people around us, the Lord still can fix that. <laughs> he can do that. Praise the Lord. And that's what David is asking for. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you one more time for your mercy, for your love, for your grace, for giving us another chance, for restoring us, for healing us. We thank you, Father, for this psalm written by your servant who got messed up but was able to acknowledge his sins and come to you and be restored. We thank you, Father. Right here we saw the good news. <laughs> the good news about your love. That no matter how great I mean, sinners we are, you can forgive us, you can cleanse us as long as we acknowledge, as long as we confess. And we can be safe as long as we stay alert and hold your hand. In Jesus' precious name, amen.